The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. Uh, Coming up, we'll talk about uh, can the coronavirus be spread through farts? Yes, I kid you not. And uh, if you find out your partner cheated while uh, quarantined or isolating together, uh, what can you do? Interestingly enough, this issue came up this week with a listener, and then I found an article uh, on it, so I will share that with you as well. But first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Feel free to send in your questions, uh, your thoughts, your comments to 514-800. Of course, you can always email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. A couple of emails in response to some of the things we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Uh, we talked about uh, space and it, during this isolation, like needing Uh, your space and our passion poet wrote we all need our time alone we all need our space no one wants 20 wants someone 24 7 always in our face let him watch a movie so you can be alone do whatever you like to do and in your personal zone taking a nice long walk can help clear your cluttered mind whatever you need to gain some space and not feel so confined very well said i think uh, we all need to, to do that kind of stuff right Uh, Another text writes, I've always lived alone since I equally require and cherish my personal space. However, after two months of social isolation and recently having been obliged to euthanize my beloved 12-year-old pet, admittedly I'm feeling extremely lonely and concerned about sinking into a depression. Um, I don't blame you. I think, first of all, you're dealing with a few things. The loneliness and being alone and isolating alone, even when we love our space, when space is forced or when, when isolation is forced upon us, and it isn't in your choosing, it becomes, it's a whole other issue, right? And then of course you're dealing with a loss. So you're grieving at the same time. So it's okay. Listen, it, whatever you're feeling is perfectly normal. There's a difference between grieving and being sad and falling into a depression. So you, um, you know, you may want to uh, do something like create a, a scrapbook for uh, your where you take pictures of your pet and you do some some happy memories with that and uh, like find something that can bring you a little bit of joy, even though of course you're going to be sad and that is that is perfectly normal. If you find yourself like you can't get out of bed, you lose all your motivation and you're feeling hopeless, then reach out, reach out for help. There's uh, crisis lines that you can call. There's uh, um, women's centers. There's therapists who are doing uh, teletherapy, so virtual or or digital online therapy. Uh, So there is there are places where you can speak to people, and, and I think that's important. Crisis Services Canada has a phone number, a, a crisis line, one 277 for anybody who uh, needs that. Uh, then there was uh, a, a woman who had written in about, um, well, date, on a dating site, met a guy, dated for six months, 
and then had a little bit of a doubt of something, did a bit of like digging and discovered that in fact this guy was married and then uh, she and she discovered this by going to his home and the wife answered the door and of course then they got talking the wife and the 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 girlfriend and uh, now the wife wants to leave the husband and so that that becomes a whole other issue right what do you do when you discover infidelity during quarantine and then I'll talk about that coming up as well but somebody wrote in actually it's not necessarily a given that someone placing a personal ad on dating sites is single I would have thought it was a given, but anyway, as after coming across numerous married and attached men on such sites, the first question I now ask is whether they are single or attached, to which many, surprisingly, have admitted to actually being attached. My advice to your texter is to begin with counseling first. So this is for the the woman who was betrayed. If she's still interested in working things out, and then take it from there. Otherwise, she should consider sticking it out a little longer and live as roommates until it's safer for either of them to move out. And I I think that's very, uh, very, very wise advice, especially in these times. And oftentimes, I should just tell you, like from when we think about infidelity for the, for most of us, the, our immediate reaction, it's like a societal reaction, right? Somebody says, uh, asks you the question, Oh, what would you do if your partner cheated on you? Our immediate reaction might be, Oh, I'd throw her or him to the curb, right? Like that would be your immediate reaction. But in reality, that's actually not what happens. Uh, 80% of couples actually work it through. They do not divorce over this. About 17%, that was the last statistic I heard, 17% of divorces are because of infidelity. And there's far more infidelity in the world than 17%. So that gives you an idea that oftentimes couples can work through it, but there's many factors involved here. And with this case, it sounded like this this guy was a serial, like, cheater at least that was the sense that I got uh, from the writings and then uh, I got this email consider this personal thought and I thought I'd throw this out there and see if there's anything you you might um, if you agree or disagree women can survive without men men cannot survive without women sexually men are a convenience to a male women are a necessity Of course, we're talking heterosexually here. Uh, My proof is this. Society, the environment, and governments in general are all really screwed up. There is no way a female can screw things up the way males have. I have always said best thing that could happen to this world is if an American president was a woman. Absolutely no chance of a nuclear war. Just once a month intense negotiations. LOL. I don't know. Do you agree with that or not? Like, this is what I love about Fridays is anything goes, you know, you've got thoughts, you have uh, uh, things you want to share, you want to comment, you have questions throughout the throughout the show. You can do that. I answer your questions throughout the show as well. 
Okay, question. I love my girlfriend, but she's a bit uptight about sex. Our sex life honestly isn't bad, considering, but as soon as it's done, she refuses to acknowledge that we even have a sex life. For example, we were watching a movie with a sex scene, and when I told her I wanted to do what the characters were doing, she froze up. I asked her why later, and she said she's fine having sex, but isn't comfortable talking about it outside the bedroom at all. I want to be able to talk freely about it. How do I get her to open up? It's interesting because sexual communication is not so easy for everybody, as you can see. Maybe it's much easier for you, but harder for her. And it has a lot to do with how we were brought up. It has a lot to do with maybe some of the negative messages that we about sex that we had uh, growing up, our shame around uh, sexuality. Um, but... Sexual communication is important. In fact, studies show that it increases your satisfaction all around in in a relationship and especially in your sexuality. So maybe what you can do is, um, I did do a couple of uh, TEDx talks that you can watch together, for example, and talk about it or read an article and talk about it. So it's not directly about her or your sex life together, but talking about it in a more general way. And then you move on to being more open to talking about needs and wants and things like that. But you're going to have to ease her into that kind of thing. So outside of yourself and your lives first, and then slowly start talking about what you, what you want. But it has to be in a relaxed atmosphere, not during sex, not right after sex, etc. Uh, Coming up, we'll uh, find out if the coronavirus can be spread uh, through uh, flatulence. (laughs) Tell you that next after we check traffic with Lauren Glazer. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Anything goes here on Friday nights. Uh, JD writes, it's nice that they're teaching everyone how to put on a mask. Now they have, now they need to teach them to put on and off gloves like a condom. I just hope people will use masks more than they use condoms. Like if you at, if you do like a poll of how many people have used condoms in their last sexual encounter, only like especially uh, youth. Um, youth meaning like young adults, it's only about 25%. So let's see how the message gets through in terms of, uh, of how to, how to use a mask. I've been busy like making masks. I've been having so much fun making fun masks and making masks for my friends and just using a sewing machine and, and, and having fun doing that. So I think that's going to be like the next big business. Not that I'm selling them, I'm giving them away, but still. Uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> if the coronavirus could actually be transmitted via flatulence, couples living together are in serious trouble, especially if their diet facilitates the fact. Well, if they're isolating together and living together, then you would assume other things besides flatulence, uh, would, would they would transmit it to each other, right? But here, But here's the deal. All right, I l- looked it up, found information on this. Now I'm going to share this with you. Okay, so two Australian doctors talked about this um, and they talked about the coronavirus on a show on, a, on a, some pod, corona podcast uh, and they talked about whether it can be spread through farts. And here it is. They say, luckily, 
we wear a mask which covers our farts all the time. He's referring to underwear and pants and, you know, the garments that we wear to cover our butts, right? Uh, he says, I think that we, um, what we should do in terms of social din- distancing and being safe is that you don't fart close to other people and that you don't fart with your bottom bear. That is the advice. I mean, I would hope you wouldn't do that anyway, right? Uh, but they're talking about it. Meanwhile, another Australian emergency physician also floated the question via Twitter asking, so can the bottom-based emissions of someone with coronavirus be silent and deadly? They pondered whether flatulence itself is an aerosol-generating uh, procedure. There was a recent study, in fact, suggesting that a post-flush toilet plume could even be cause for concern when it comes to spreading the coronavirus via aerosolized feces. Plus, scientists have confirmed that fecal-oral transmission itself is an issue. And I talked about this when it came out um, because it, it was in official, like official papers, right? That was distributed to people. Uh, so a fecal oral transmission is an issue due to the presence of the virus in poop, which is why health officials have even cautioned against oral contact with feces during sex. This was in the guidelines in Oregon and in New York. And I, I had mentioned those way back when. Um, Unfortunately, the scientist says, there is not a great deal of research available to come to a firm conclusion about the perils of passing COVID-19 while passing gas. Closing the toilet lid is highly recommended amid the coronavirus. Of course, this now I'm thinking, what about like public toilets, right? You don't know who like went in there before you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, studies have clearly shown that a significant percentage of COVID-19 patients do have GI symptoms, so gastrointestinal symptoms, alone or in combination with respiratory or other general symptoms at the time of illness presentation. However, there are no published data on whether flatulence alone presents any risk of transmission although in a clothed person, it would be unlikely to be a significant route of transmission. So where does that leave us? He proposes, keep your pants on and consider them part of your personal protective equipment just in case. Someone else writes, don't sit on a warm toilet seat. Well, especially if it's, well, if you're walking into uh, a, a bathroom stall, it would be in the air. That's the problem. That aerosolized little bits of feces. Now I'm like grossing myself out. So ask me if I'm going to try use a public toilet from here on in. I'm, gee, I don't know. Uh, yeah, especially not a warm toilet seat in a public bathroom. I think I'm going to, I'm going to be bringing my Lysol spray wherever I go and spreading the air or something. There's going to have to, something we're going to be able to carry in our purses to get it out of the air. I don't even know. There's a lot to think about, a lot to think about. So what do you do if you find out that your partner cheated while you guys are quarantined together? So I saw an article about it, which was very timely because we just had this situation happen this week to, uh, to one of our listeners. So like if you break up, where and and there's nowhere to go and that was the situation that was presented to to us from a listener 
Um, I think what's important is, um, well, talking, talking it out, <laughs> making space. Those are also important, but you need to be like, you can't, you need to be very level headed as hard as it is when you've been betrayed and you're angry and, and all of, and sad and all of that stuff. You still need to be level-headed when making decisions because these decisions could have serious repercussions, right? We, you want to make sure that the health and safety of everyone involved, even while tending to your pain, uh, you're going to do that in, in the best way that you can. And these, these times poses a real uh, challenge, right? So take the time to collect your thoughts first, process it, and make a game plan for what you want to say, how you want to say it. Having big blowout, rip-roaring fights during this time is not um, a good idea. So try and be more rational, more even-headed. Try not to put your partner too much on the defensive, even though they're going to, you know, keep trying to explain uh, themselves, of course. But you can talk about how it has made you feel. Um, be simple and straightforward, right, uh, in, in your um, approach. Give yourself enough time to discuss the issue. Don't do it if you're drinking or your partner is drinking because it's just going to, blow up and you're really not going to be really truly mentally um, present. Use I statements. I mean, these are all things that we would do anyway in terms of good uh, communication. But what about the all like, what about breaking up, right? So you might be, don't, don't make any quick decisions. This is something that you have to process first and it will depend on what you want. Like I said earlier in the show, there's a cultural expectation that if a partner cheats, we leave, or it's something that we should do, or it's what people expect us to do or what have you. But in reality, that isn't what happens. And it may not be what's best for you, but you're the only one who has to decide what's best for you right now, making a, a, a life changing decision when we're already under a massive amount of stress is, um, may not be the, 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 the best approach this minute, unless you're in danger. If you are in physical danger, that's a whole other, um, story, but you need time to also evaluate. Do, what do you want? Do you, is, first of all, is this person that you're with genuinely remorseful? Do they have a history of cheating? Do you feel you will never be able to trust them again? Yes, you're going to be considering a, um, a breakup, but it's okay. All I want to say is it's okay to take your time before you make any major decisions, but you are, you, you're probably going to make adjustments and needing to find ways to get more space for yourself while all of this is going on. So give yourself time, but if you give yourself that time, you will find, you will come up with a, uh, a solution for yourself. That makes sense to you. <laughs> Good point. Define cheating first. Well, uh, who wants to take that up? Defining, uh, cheating. Cheating is anything you do in, uh, in secret. Well, anything 
if you, right now what we're dealing with are uh, people who are sexting maybe or going online and meeting people or reconnecting with exes people are discovering you know sexy texts or um, things like that so you're talking about still going behind a partner's back a partner who expects fidelity from you so it can be defined in many many different ways people can feel betrayed by many different um, actions. This is why it has to be discussed. It's not always necessarily because somebody had sex with someone else. There are many ways that somebody could um, be betraying the trust of their partner. Coming up, we'll try to answer the question, does having an emotional connection make sex better? That's a question for you guys too. Does having an emotional connection make sex better? better. We'll try to answer that coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion CJD 800. Before we answer the question whether an emotional connection makes sex better, which I want you to think about and answer as well at 514-800, I want to play you a little something. So Lily is a listener. She's uh, 71 years old. She wrote a song and performed this rap for John Paul's Nightside Idol uh, segment, of which I am an, uh, an official judge on Friday evenings, but I wanted to play it for you because I think it's fabulous. So here goes. Dr. Lori's heard it all. My vagina's too dry. My penis too small. Dr. Lori's heard it all. Not enough sex. Trouble with an ex. Caught the spouse cheating. Gave him a beating. Married to an ingrate. Involved with an inmate. Dr. Lori's heard it all. Lori Betito is an amigo. Makes you think. Try to shock her. She won't even blink. You want to play pup? No worries. She'll hook you right up with some furries. Feeling depressed, had an affair, call Dr. Lori, she's on the air. You just gonna sit there and ball? Get on the phone, man, give her a call. Dr. Lori, Dr. Lori, she's heard it all. (laughs) Isn't that great? Thank you for that. That was really fun, really made me smile. Um, All right, a couple of texts here before we answer that question. Uh, Hi, Dr. Lori. Personally, I think the world would be a much better and certainly more sane place if more women were in charge of things in politics and business. Would still need men around, though. That's non-negotiable. That guy watching a movie sex scene sounds a bit pushy to me. How long has he been with his partner for, I wonder? They got to talk that one out. Oh, yes, responding to the uh the email her <laughs> another texter i love her she's awesome you go girl speaking of lily yeah lily did an amazing job she wrote that rap herself performed it herself really good on the computer as i can see and all this while uh you know being in isolation and a senior herself so awesome uh, then someone asked me, did you follow any special procedures in making the mask, Lori, or do they consist of just standard cloth? So, uh, because I've been busy in my spare time, whatever, having fun making homemade masks, right? Fun masks. And, uh, and yes, I followed the CDC, um, uh, guidelines for making homemade masks. And basically they tell you that the, the cloth can, it can be a t-shirt. So you use t-shirt. I use two ply. So 
two strips of t-shirt um, and if you if you try to blow out a candle through it and it blows out then it's the it's not thick enough as a as a mask so uh, I'm following the procedure and the, the 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 way it's done so some of them are nicer than others some of them are more successful than others but nonetheless having fun making masks for um, for my friends and then with the feces business, what about in the hypothetical case of a dog, for instance, contracting the virus then? Can anybody answer? Can animals get it? I don't remember hearing that animals can get the, this virus. Uh, would there be a danger to humans if they should accidentally come into contact with its feces or even urine for that matter? So first we'd have to answer the question, if dogs can get the virus, we know one thing, that it can live on their fur. But that's because the of a human touching them with the virus that then can stay on their fur, which then another human touching the fur, uh, if it's within three hours, I think it is, that it lives on fur, then uh, you can get it. But otherwise, uh, I'm not sure. Um, okay, <laughs> the question, does having an emotional connection make sex better? Texter writes, an emotional connection makes the difference between masturbation and being with a partner. That's a, a good point. But there are plenty of people who have sex without having also any connection, right? If you think about casual sex, that is the opposite of connective sex or, ha or, or being connected. So when you feel connected with sex... It means you're feeling uh, safe. You're able to be vulnerable. You get a you, you get a feeling that and a sense that your partner's actually paying attention to you, and they actually care about what's happening for you during sex, which creates safety to be able to open up with each other. So, it, and it's not just with sex, but through intimacy, right? Uh, if there's no connection, you have no idea if that partner that you're with is even there for you and if you don't feel safe you're not going to open up you're not going to be vulnerable and does your partner will not enjoy the experience fully i think so the question is is sex with connection actually better and one person said it very well this other therapist without connection sex is having two bodies rub against each other and create pleasurable sensations that can be good, just like a massage from a massage therapist can be intensely pleasurable. Sex without connection is a set of movements against each other as if doing something onto each other. Sex with connection is being with each other. So sex without connection can totally feel great, but sex with connection takes things to another level. What do you think a female writes in casual sex with no connection is crap in my experience and that comes from a female uh, without question texter writes in uh, considering being holistically or fully present as in mentally emotionally and physically most definitely accentuates and intensifies sexual as well as any other experiences for that matter as compared to being partially present via a restrictive sensory experience instead so well said so well said 
Um, let's see. Public toilets are a no-go to me after hearing this. I don't know how we can go back to work in public buildings considering this issue. Oh, yes, the flatulence and the in the feces thing and the spray back and all that. I agree. I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do this. I really don't. Uh, text writes, I heard stories about a couple of cats having COVID-19. Are they testing cats? Like, what are the symptoms in cats? Like, my cat had uh, was sneezing a little bit. Like, am I to worry that he's caught something? And this isn't, it goes outside the cat. So I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't know. Um, just confirmed, Global News says two cats have COVID-19 in New York. How are they catching it? And what are the symptoms? Please, somebody tell me. Now I'm, I'm going to start worrying about my cat and catching it from him. Okay. It's a lot to worry about. It's like a, very anxiety provoking for everybody, right? For one thing or another thing and everything we hear. And it's like sometimes you just want to shut it all down and like, ah, don't want to hear anymore. All right, let me uh, share a, a, a coming up a study with you. There's a few things I want to share with you, but I love, you know how I love to talk to you about new studies. Uh, do men desire or dismiss high-status women? What do you think? And I'll, I'll tell you more about that. And it, it depends on, on a few factors, but um, are you turned on by high-status women or not? And uh, another study, a recent study that shows how seniors manage to maintain high-quality lovemaking, high satisfaction in their sex lives. What differentiates them from low satisfaction? I'll tell you that as well after we check traffic with Lauren Glazer. with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. A few texts coming in that I want to share. Um, this one, perhaps it's best to keep your cat indoors just in case, at least until this endemic subsides. Uh, I hear you, but my cat will go crazy, and I'll tell you why. It, he was a feral cat, uh, fixed. He was one of those, uh, um, the vet believes, one of those catch and release, you know, like fix and release cats that was in our neighborhood who adopted us. We didn't even adopt him. He had, he literally adopted us, showed up at our door about six years ago and for 10 days straight did not leave my front stoop for some reason. And then I kind of opened the door and said, would you like to come in? And he <laughs> just walked right in and never left. So he spends most of his time outdoors. And I wonder, I sometimes I, I like wonder if he goes, visits other people. And um, I, I don't know. As just Drew said, you shouldn't let your cats outdoors anyway. I, I think for me, for this cat, I think it would be cruel not to let him outside. And I think he's going to, just, I don't know what he would do. I mean, the cat yowls to go outside constantly, so I really don't know. Uh, several lions or tigers in New York Zoo go, got COVID-19. Dry cough were tested, asymptomatic zookeeper. Huh. Okay. This just adds a whole other layer of worry. A whole other layer of worry. 
that cheating guy sounds narcissistic and morally unreachable to me, referring to the cheater we talked about earlier. In this situation, that would be plenty bad enough, even if there weren't any COVID threat around. I wouldn't expect remorse from him on this. On emotional connection... Emotional connection accompanying sex is a huge prerequisite. Not that it can't be done without, of course, but, oh, come on, this texture writes. Uh, let's see, if we expect only the people who want to protect others to wear masks, and I'm sorry to say most people won't bother to wear them, which is probably why Quebec is reportedly the population which wears the least masks. Maybe high fines are necessary for this too. However, people can easily lower their masks when they are sure they won't be caught by an authority figure, such as in a grocery store aisle or on public transit. This is probably unforceable, and so it seems mandatory quarantining is still the only solution. Yeah, but for how long? You've heard Legault talk about this, like until a vaccine comes along, that's quarantining for two years. Like that just doesn't sound uh, possible at all but maybe like in new york they made they made it mandatory to wear masks outside like in public so and maybe there are fines for that now we're going to have the mask police i don't know i i don't know where this is gonna go but um we shall see All right, new study identifies um a duality in the way high status women are uh, are viewed okay So this is a new research published in the journal Personality and Individual Differences. A team of research uh, psychologists out of the University of Victoria in Canada proposed that high-status women might be viewed less favorably than low-status women in certain dating contexts. And they did find this to be the case. Specifically, they found that moderately attractive women were judged to be less romantically desirable when they held high status jobs like um, like in pro- like professions or financial uh, managers etc versus low status jobs which they looked at as bookkeepers sales reps etc this was not the case when women were asked to rate the desirability of other women or men They say physical attractiveness influences nearly every phase of human social development and experiences. We propose that physical attractiveness determines whether heterosexual men desire or dismiss romance with high-status women. And their analysis revealed that men were less attracted to a moderately attractive woman when she occupied a high status compared with a low-status role. This result is consistent with past research demonstrating that men tend to derogate and distance themselves romantically from high-status women, likely because of the thought of dating such women induces upward social comparisons that threaten their masculinity. What do you think? Uh, 514-800, still a few uh, more minutes. So uh, some some more advice here. Be sure to at least wipe your cat down with a damn cloth before letting him back in the house then. That's a, that's a thought. Maybe I can use my Lysol wipe. No, that would be too harsh on him, right? Because then he licks himself and blah, blah, blah. Uh, another text writes, masks are normal in China, always worse since forever because of the pollution. I was in China last December. Masks are sold everywhere. In fact, I bought a 
a few of them. It was cold when I was there, so for me it was like a warm thing. But I, I saw everybody wearing masks. I said, well, what the hell, I'm going to wear a mask too. Except that it fogs up when you wear glasses. It fogs up your glasses. It's a bit of a pain. But in in China, that was the first thing we noticed. Everybody wears masks. Kids, adults, everybody. They walk around the city with masks, public transit, masks, airports, masks, everybody had masks on. So um, I think it's just going to look like that. Um, yeah, so someone else saying, yes, also uh, wash your pets thoroughly. I don't know how to wash a cat, to tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> I really don't know. All right, let's see. Last little bit here that I want to share with you. Uh, an article, this is an article written by uh, my, one of my colleagues and friends, uh, Michael Castleman on Psychology Today. A recent study describes how seniors maintain high quality lovemaking. The study found that while sexual frequency drops in later life, satisfaction declines much less. In fact, some uh, elderly people say they feel more satisfied with their lovemaking than ever. Uh, so how do adults maintain satisfying sex? This is what they wanted to look at. So they compared those who had the lowest, so low, low frequency of sex with low satisfaction and compared those to the seniors who had high frequency and high satisfaction. There was about between three and 4,000 different couples that were, um, looked at. And the elements that reduced frequency and satisfaction were these. So low frequency, low satisfaction were associated with desire differences. So when one partner wants it a whole lot more than the other. Boredom, silence. So uh, partners that did not talk about, did not have sexual communication who, um, you know, talking about their changing needs or desires or, or what have you. Dismissing self-help resources, so those that, um, compared to those that that kind of sought out information uh, to, to have a better sex life, for example. Uh, no mood setting, rushing into intercourse, so those couples that had very little or no kissing, no cuddling, no genital massage, no oral sex, no none of that stuff. Uh, duration differences. So the, the couples that were on low satisfaction um, often disagreed on how long sex should last when one person wanted quickies, the other one resented that. Emotional distance and chronic relationship tensions, of course, will kill desire and impair performance. Uh, a, not a very good history. So a long history of sexual dissatisfaction with each other or the belief that they are just too old for sex. Now, if you compare those to high frequency, high satisfaction, that's associated with synchronicity, novelty, couples that even elderly couples are still brought in some, some novelty, discussion, talking, eager, eagerness to discussing sexual desire and needs and changes, um, active mood setting. So the, the couples who are the highly satisfied ones were really big on creating an ambiance and saying, I love you, etc. Lots of love play. So it wasn't so much a focus on intercourse. It was more a focus on kissing, cuddling, mutual whole body massage, uh, hand, genital, um, uh, stimulation, oral sex, etc. Uh, 
those that had uh, extended lovemaking, because it takes longer when you're older also to get there, those who were um, emotionally invested in their relationship, like couples who continue, continued to work on their relationships even into old age, and a, a happy history and a commitment to remain sexual, where both spouses believe sex was important to the relationship. So that's how you continue to have a highly satisfying sex life well into old age. There you have it. That's it for me, folks. Uh, Thank you for spending the night, the week for some of you. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks to our technical producer, Nicole, our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can do that at Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O is how you spell my last name, or through my website, drlori.com, where you'll find all kinds of information, including uh, podcasts and interviews and TED Talks and things that I've done. And my book, of course. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Wishing you a great rest of the evening, an even greater weekend. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.